The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, my, my, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that like, make you wonder how and why they even exist. But, but, uh, but I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and t- t- tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crit Kickers, the original Monster Match from 1962. Robert George Pickett, better known as Bobby Boris Pickett, was born in Somerville, Massachusetts on February 11, 1938. Growing up, his father was the manager of a local movie theater, and as a result, a young Bobby watched a lot of horror movies. It was the heyday of the Universal Monster movies. Inspired by these films, he started to do impressions of their stars. One in particular was Boris Karloff. A thousand pardons. I am not at bay. When Pickett was 20 years old, he started doing his Karloff impression in local talent shows around Massachusetts. In a People magazine interview from 1996, Pickett said of the talent shows, quote, I'd win all the time. I knew I was going to Hollywood, end quote. So in 1960, Pickett left Massachusetts and moved to Los Angeles to pursue an acting career. Two weeks after signing with an agent, his agent died of a heart attack. Then, he happened to run into some guys from his hometown of Somerville, Massachusetts. They told him they were starting a singing group, and eventually Pickett ended up joining them. They were called the Cordials. In a 1991 interview with Linda Janice Napier, Pickett said, I started singing with them, and one of the tunes we did was Little Darlin'. In the middle of that is a monologue, so I asked the leader if I could do it as Boris Karloff. Every time, the audience cracked up. My darling, I need you to call my own. And never do wrong To hold in mind Your little hand I'll know too soon That all is so grand Then one of his bandmates named Lenny Capizzi 
suggested he use his Karloff impression in a novelty song, a la Sheb Woolley's Purple People Eater. It looks like a purple people eater to me. It was a one-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. One-eyed, one-horned, flying purple people eater. Sure looks strange to me. One-eyed. Well, he came down to earth and he lit in the tree. I said, Mr. Purple People Eater, don't eat me. Pickett said he wasn't interested and tried to get back into acting. A year passed and nothing happened. So then he called Capizzi and said he was ready to write the song. In an article by Joe Vitaliano on americansongwriter.com, Pickett said, quote, Lenny sat at the piano and started playing this four-chord progression. He said, What do you think of this riff? I said, I don't know, but maybe we should base something on the monster getting up and doing the latest dance. We were just kind of getting into the groove. We just started off with that. End quote. The latest dance craze at the time was the mashed potato, first made famous by James Brown. That song, Do the Mashed Potatoes, was recorded by James Brown with his band in 1959 and released in 1960. For contractual reasons, the song was credited to Nat Kendrick and the Swans. I did an entire episode of Bizarre Singles on that song a couple of years ago, so for more on that, become a patron at patreon.com slash bizarrealbums. The mashed potato would be popularized even further when it was mentioned in the Contours 1962 hit, Do You Love Me? And to take it even a step further, Dee Dee Sharp had her 1962 hit, Mashed Potato Time, a song that very obviously would inspire the Monster Mash. Bobby Pickett and Lenny Capizzi had one contact in the music industry, Gary S. Paxton. They were given his card after Paxton's daughter had attended a cordial show. At that point, Paxton was probably best known for producing and singing the lead vocal on the Hollywood Argyles 1960 number one hit, Alley Oop. There's a man in the funny papers we all know. It was Gary S. Paxton who would produce the Monster Mash single. He'd heard a demo of the Monster Mash that was just piano and Pickett's voice, and Paxton told them the song was a hit. The recording session only took about two hours, and the whole song was completed in about two days. Four labels would pass on the opportunity to release the Monster Mash, and eventually, Gary S. Paxton decided to release the song on his own label, Garpax Records. He had 500 copies pressed, and the Monster Mash single was officially released on August 25, 1962, credited to Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld an eerie sight for my monster from his slab began to rise and suddenly 
to my surprise, he did the match. He did the monster match. The monster match. It was a- In an interview on JanAllenHenderson.com, Pickett said of this time, quote, London Records, which was one of the outfits that had turned him down, called and said that they had changed their mind, of course. The records were being ordered on a massive level. End quote. Despite the huge success of Monster Mash, follow-up singles were not recorded quickly. After the song had gone to number one, London Records wanted a full album. But there was a slight problem. Cameo Parkway Records had already released an album called Monster Mash by John Zacherly. I was working in the lab late one night when my eyes beheld a huge sight for my monster from slab began to rise and suddenly, to my surprise he did the mash he did the monster mash John Zacherly was the host of a horror TV show called Shock Theater. He was given the nickname The Cool Ghoul supposedly by Dick Clark. Zacherly had first released music in 1958 when he released the novelty song Dinner with Drac. A dinner was served for three at Dracula's house by the sea. The orders were fine, but I choked on my wine when I learned that the main course was me. Dinner with Drac and his version of Monster Mash both appeared on John Zacherly's album, simply titled Monster Mash. Because of this, Pickett's upcoming album needed a way to let people know that this was the real Monster Mash. So, just a few weeks after the release of Zacherly's Monster Mash album, in 1962, Bobby Boris Pickett and the Crypt Kickers released the original Monster Mash on Garpax Records. The album, of course, begins with Monster Mash. I've already played a clip and talked at length about the song, but just a couple of additional notes. Their novelty song ended up reaching number one on the Billboard Hot 100 two weeks before Halloween of that year. It even went platinum. In an interview with Gary James for ClassicBands.com, Pickett said, You may vaguely recall that I may be the only performer ever in the history of American Bandstand. I could be wrong on this. That was asked to repeat the song twice on the same show the kids loved it so much. Dick Clark, as much as he was amiable and friendly, was not a big fan of the record. He thought it was kind of silly, I think, but he wasn't the only one. Elvis Presley called it the dumbest thing he'd ever heard. As I say at the close of my act when I tell that story, I say, If you're out there listening, Elvis, I'm still here. All right, uh, Elvis has left the building. Since the Monster Mash's release, it's never really gone away. Every October, the song seems to be inescapable. It even re-entered the charts twice in the 1970s. In the UK, the BBC had originally deemed the song too morbid and banned it, but it finally became a hit in the UK in October of 1973, when it peaked at number three. Pickett said he never got tired of the song. In his 1996 interview with People magazine, he said, quote, When I hear it, I hear a cash register ringing. End quote. Up next is Rabian, the Fiend Age Idol. The song is a joke about one of the big teen idols of the late 50s, early 60s, Fabian. Who's that knocking on my laboratory door? I'm much too busy. Would you answer it in Excuse me, Boris, for the slowed position. I have a new talent I'd like you to audition. I never expected this of you, Drac. 
like everyone wants to get into the act. Since I've had a hit record and made all this bread, I've become the dick clock. Up next is Blood Bank Blues, a song that Garpax Records would issue as a single in 1965, credited to Bobby Boris Pickett, Sands Crypt Kickers, to no success. I've got this Blood Bank Blues, I didn't pay my dues, they shut me off. I've got the Blood Bank Blues, I could they refuse to give me a pint or two. I'm sick and tired of being this is a 16-track album, so I'm going to skip around here a bit. For track four, Pickett tries to use the Monster Mash formula again and capitalize on another dance craze, this time the Hully Gully. Its craze was started by the Olympics 1959 song, Baby Hully Gully. For Pickett's song, it becomes Scully Gully. And amazingly, Baby Hully Gully writers Fred Sledge Smith and Cliff Goldsmith are not credited songwriters here. Those once again go to Pickett and Capizzi. When the skeletons will at the witching hour It echoes from dungeon to tower Side one closes with Monster Minuet. Announcing the Count and Countess of Transylvania. Good evening, Count Dracula. Good evening, Igor. Would you check my cape, please? Good evening, Count Dracula. So glad you and the Countess could attend my ball. I see several law friends here. There's Frankenstein and this charming bride. In the Monster Mash, Pickett famously asks the musical question, Whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? Well, kicking off side two is Transylvania twist. Boris, here it is. Here what is? Transylvania twist. All right, let's hear it. In November of 1962, Garpax Records did a new pressing of the album. On this version, Transylvania Twist was removed, and side two began with Pickett's follow-up single to the Monster Mash, the Christmas-themed Monster's Holiday. The song would peak at number 30 on the Billboard Hot 100. It was the night before Christmas when all through the castle My monsters were having a yuletide hassle The tree was all trimmed in ghoulish things Like werewolf fangs and vampire wings It was a monster's holiday But they were up to no good Didn't act like good monsters should They found themselves a new prey they planned Rob Santa's sleigh. Pickett definitely had a formula to these songs. And that formula continues on Sinister Stomp. 
Mules like to rock, zombies like to roll, but I dig the stomp cause it's good for the cell. On a graveyard prowl late one night, I tripped on a body and got quite a fright. As my fear subsided, my anger grew, I proceeded to stomp with the heel of my shoe. It keeps Janusz alive. It makes Frankie jive. And it's mine all mine. Up next is Me and My Mummy, a ballad that London Records would release as a single in 1973 after the Monster Mash had finally become a hit in the UK. Its B-side was Monster's Holiday. Here are two mummies, wrapped close as can be. It's just me and my mummy, my mummy and me. My mother said, she's my mummy I can't live without her. She has me all tangled The original single release of Monster's Holiday in 1962 included the song Monster Motion as its B-side. It's one of the only songs that had already been recorded by the time they started working on the rest of the album. Well, I just flew in from Boris's band. I swear that fool is going mad. He's locked in his lab, counting his cash, that he had on his dance called the Monster Mash. and Igor are here with me The mummy and Wolfman both came to see Transylvania swings from the loud commotion There's been a long-standing rumor that Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Leon Russell played piano on Monster Mash. In fact, I think I even reported that on a past episode. Well, according to Pickett, that's incorrect. In his interview on JanAllenHenderson.com, Pickett said, quote, the flip side of Monster Mash featured Leon Russell playing piano. He was not on Monster Mash, just the flip side. He had shown up to the session late, and we had already finished Monster Mash. The B-side of Monster Mash was Monster Mash Party. End quote. I'll take your chains off later, Frankie. Master, please let me I haven't spoken yet about Johnny McRae. He's a credited co-writer of eight of the album's tracks. McRae was a country music songwriter, and his songs have been recorded by Ray Charles, Reba McIntyre, The Dixie Chicks, George Strait, and Conway Twitty. Lay you down and softly whisper Johnny McRae is a credited co-writer on the album's last song? This is Let's Fly Away. Vampira. Dracula. Vampira. Dracula. Oh, Vampira. Dracula. Vampira. Dracula. The original Monster Mash album would peak at just number 142 on the Billboard 200. As I mentioned earlier, the Monster Mash never really goes away, coming back every year around Halloween. In 2021, 
The original Monster Mash unbelievably hit number 78 on the Canadian Albums Chart. The original Monster Mash is currently streaming on Spotify with the bonus track, Monster's Holiday. Whatever happened to my Transylvania Twist? Yes, Transylvania Twist is also on the streaming version. Though Bobby Boris Pickett released several singles throughout the remainder of his life, including several Monster Mash variations, he would never release another full-length album. Monster's Holiday was Pickett's only other single that ever charted. But it's not to be confused with It's a Monster's Holiday, an entirely different novelty monster song released in 1974 by Buck Owens. But that is for another time. Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Faxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.